Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, Episode 40. This is the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. My name is Mark R. LePage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. A little past 6 a.m. every morning, tunes from my local radio station wake me up from a very deep slumber. Typically, I'll set my alarm to 6.14, so I hear music rather than that daily bad news report. You know, I'm very serious about my full media blackout. I'm staying focused on what's positive, what's going to matter most, things that are going to get me somewhere. So I don't listen to the news anymore. I just stay focused on what I can control. And, and I certainly don't get enough sleep. And for the past few weeks, I've been getting up around 4.30, actually 4.34 a.m. You know, my oldest son, James, has decided that he wants to join. Uh, he, he wanted to join, and he has joined the morning swim training camp. And he needs to be on deck by 5.50 a.m. So guess who, uh, who rises with my boy to uh, take him to training camp every morning? So this is my summer schedule, and sleep is still something I'm trying to figure out. And I'm up every, every night late working on the website or recording a podcast or catching up on paperwork for the studio. You know, I work very hard to keep a balance in my life. I'm a scout dad, and I'm a swim dad. I eat dinner with my family every evening unless I have a client meeting. And as an entrepreneur architect, that's not an easy schedule. 
but it is worth every sacrifice that it requires. After many years of suffering, the recent economic storm, Livecat Studio finally has full boards again, and the clients have very high expectations. And with our new virtual studio business model, I'm wearing many, many hats these days. Currently, I hold the positions of CEO, COO, CFO, President, Director of Architectural Services, Architect, Project Manager, Draftsman, Office Manager, Bookkeeper, Receptionist, and Custodian. And that's just at work. And if you're an entrepreneur architect, I'm sure this sounds familiar. So this week on the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, I'm going to share with you my four simple steps that I use to get things done. So stay tuned. This episode is sponsored by the Entrepreneur Architect Hybrid Proposal. It's the owner-architect agreement that I developed for my own residential architecture firm, Five Cat Studio. It's simple, straightforward, easy to understand, and it's very client-friendly. And it will help you land more projects. Over 100 architects have purchased the hybrid proposal video course, where I personally walk you through the proposal package step-by-step, page-by-page. And included in the course is a complete set of document templates which you may download, modify, and start using for your own projects immediately. If you're interested in learning more about the Entrepreneur Architect Hybrid Proposal, head on over to entrearchitect.com slash hybrid. So I find it a bit ironic that I'm recording this episode about personal productivity today. I'm a day late with this episode and... I have clients waiting for answers and I have a full desk of quote unquote important papers waiting for me to, to, to address and scan and sort and file way more than I'll ever be able to handle on my own. And every week I roll into the studio, look at that pile of papers and that list. And I ask myself, how will I ever get this all done? And I've read every book I can find on personal productivity and I'm getting things done, and I've tried all the systems and listened to all the podcasts, and I still cannot get everything done. Here's the secret that none of these experts are ever talking about. They never say this. You cannot get it all done. It's impossible. You cannot get it all done. You cannot do everything, and you will never, ever get it all done. In order to stay, to stay sane and And to keep yourself and your family and your friends and your clients happy, you'll need to make some very important decisions. So today I'm going to share my four simple steps to getting things done. So let's start here with step one. Step one is process everything. So it's time to make another list. I know we have a pile of lists sitting over there. Well, let's make one more. And it's not a to-do list. We're not going to just write it up and throw it on the pile with the rest of them. So compile a list of everything in your head. And I mean everything, literally everything, everything that comes to mind, write it down and get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper. I, I just trust me. Once you do this, once you get everything out of your head and you clear your mind, you'll have better focus and you'll have much less stress because you won't be thinking about it over and over and over again. When it's in your head and it's not written down, you tend to, to go over your list over and over again so you don't, you don't forget it. 
uh, it's sort of a subconscious thing where you, you don't want to forget these important facts in your brain. So you keep going over and over without even thinking about it, you're going over and over and that makes stress. So if you write them all down and put them on a piece of paper, that stress will go away. So once you have that list all set up, it's time to prioritize each item. And one of my favorite books of all time is Stephen Covey's Stephen R. Covey, his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in it, he presents it, uh, he presents his urgent, important productivity matrix tool. And that will help us determine what is truly important and what items are just merely distractions and time wasters. And if you haven't read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, get on it. It's a, it's a priority. Go do that. Make that something that is urgent and important. That book will help get yourself focused on what you what's truly important and how to get it done. So we're going to use Stephen Covey's important, urgent, important productivity matrix tool. So take a piece of paper. Here's a little exercise for you. Take a, te- a piece of paper and draw a square. I think uh, an audience of architects can probably accomplish this pretty quickly. Grab a piece of paper from the desk next to you there and draw a square. Then divide that square into four quadrants and then number each quadrant one through four, starting with the upper left as number one, the upper right as number two, the lower left as number three, and the lower right as number four. Now label each quadrant. Um, Quadrant one is going to be urgent and important. Write that over in quadrant run. Uh, That's the name of quadrant one is urgent and important. Quadrant number two, write the words not urgent and important. Number three is urgent and not important. And number four is not urgent and not important. Okay, so one is urgent and important. Number two is not urgent and important. Number three is urgent and not important. And number four is not urgent and not important. And I I found a great PDF that describes this productivity matrix and how it works. Ironically, at the U.S. Geological Survey, their Department of Employee and Organizational Development has a great time management PDF. I'm going to include that on the show notes. Um, So you can uh, find the show notes at uh, entrearchitect.com slash episode 40, and that describes the productivity matrix. So the idea of using this matrix in your life is uh, is to focus on Numbers one and two, focus on the most important things, the things that are urgent and important. And as well, probably the thing that you, the place where you really want to live your life is in not urgent and important. So you want to be doing important things that are not urgent. Um, and the seven habits of highly effective people goes into this, uh, this as an entire section in his book, uh, that describes how this works and, uh, and, and what you should do with it. Um, you know, it, it, uh, the items in number three and four are needless interruptions and they're time wasters and busy work. And they're not going to help you get things done and they're not going to be the things that matter most and they're not going to get you to where you want to go. So you want to live your life in sections one and two. Okay, so that's step one. Step one is process everything. Step two, decide what to do and what not to do, which is even more important. Now, now that you know what's important and what's not important, the next step is to list all the things that you're going to get done. And these are not the things that you want to get done or the things you hope to get done. These 
are the things. This is a list of the things that we are going to get done. Okay, so go through the list and you're going to find them in the important things uh, up on the top there, urgent and not urgent, important things. Um, and those are the things that you want to get, that you that you will get done. Okay. Um, now identify the things on that list that you are not going to get done. And that's a very important piece as well, because if you know what you want to do, or the things that you are going to get done, the, the things that you're not going to do, it's just as important because you want to break down that list. Once you have the list of the things that you're not going to do, you want to break down that list even further to the things that you that you want to get done in the future. So you're not going to do them now, but you do want to do them sometime in the future. And the things that you're, no, you're never going to get done. You know that they're there on the list, but you know that they're never ever going to get done. Take those, put them on another list and put them away or just flush them. Just take them and put them out of your brain and get rid of them. So you, in step two, decide what to do and what not to do. You want to decide the things that you're going to get done and that's, that's uh, one list. And then the other list are things that you're not going to do. And that list gets broken down into the things that are still important, but they're not things that you, that you want to do now. Um, so you can put those on your list for next week. And then the things that you're never going to get done, get them out of there. Get them off the list. Put them somewhere else. Put them in your Evernote so you have them. You know them. They're, they're there, but you're never going to look at them. Just put them there. Okay? So that's step two. Decide what to do and what not to do. Uh, pretty easy so far, right? So process everything and then decide what to do and what not to do. Step three, schedule the things that you are going to do, okay? So before you start to schedule the things that you are going to do, we need to discuss your calendar. You should use one, uh, one master schedule. I use one master schedule for everything I do, personal and business. And you have, because, you know, really you have one life. You need one place to schedule that life. You know, I talk about um, uh, work-life integration rather than work, you know, uh, work-life balance. Work-life integration is, is what we do. It's our work and our life all sort of mixes up into one big thing. So I use one master schedule. Um, and we're living in a time where technology allows us to access our, that same calendar with many different devices. So pick one calendar system and stick with it. Now, take all the things that you're going to get done and schedule a time to get them done. And be realistic with your time allotments. You must have the proper amount of time to complete each task. Uh, and this is how you're going to be home for dinner each night and how you're not going to work on weekends if that's, if that's what you decide you want to do. Um, you schedule those things. You schedule dinner and you schedule um, uh, family time on the weekends. If you don't want to work weekends, then don't schedule work activities during the weekends. And I know most of us residential clients want to meet, you know, most of our residential clients want to meet on the weekends. Um, but you need to decide what's the most important thing in your life. You know, the, the life that you will, uh, your life, the life you want will require some sacrifices. And those projects with clients who will only meet on the weekends may be one of those sacrifices. You determine when you meet with your clients. You set the rules for your business. You know, at Five Cat Studio, I'm only available for client meetings any uh, during business hours and after hours on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. If it's impossible to meet on any of those other days, I will occasionally meet on a Friday, but I consider Friday evening part of my weekend. 
and the studio is closed on the weekends. And most prospects respect the fact that I spend weekends with my family, with my wife and my kids. So, um, and that's what I've done since I've started the studio. I've may, I may have met with clients on weekends twice, maybe three times in the 15 plus years that I've been running my firm. The studio is closed. When they ask me if I can meet on weekends, it's a very simple answer. The studio is closed on weekends. And some understand that and they will work out their an evening meeting if they can't meet during the week. Uh, and others will not accept that and they move on to somebody else. And I'm okay with that uh, because my life is more important than that. So schedule the things that you are going to do. Okay, put them on a calendar. Make sure you have enough time to do them and then get them done when, when the calendar tells you to get them done. Uh, and also schedule all the other things in your life so you have a place for all those things. So the things that matter most and the important things like your family um, or your hobbies or your exercise, put them on your calendar uh, and make them appointments, make them meetings. So when you're, you're looking at a client uh, meeting, trying to schedule a meeting, those things will be on the calendar and when you can work your meetings around those other important meetings. And if a client says, oh, can you meet on, uh, on a Wednesday morning at nine o'clock and you've scheduled your workout for nine o'clock on Wednesday, you can say, no, I have a meeting on that day. And they'll say, oh, okay, I just will schedule somewhere else. And that's how it works. They don't need to know that that meeting is your exercise. Um, it's just as important as any meeting that you'll take. So, um, that's how you do it. You, you schedule, uh, on one master schedule, everything you do in your life. Step, step four, step four is probably the easiest repeat. So now that you understand the basics of how to get things done, you need to perform this process every week, pick a specific time for scheduling and include that on your calendar too. So step one will be much less involved on the second time around because you've already done the hard work. You've already gone through all the things that are important and not important. And you've actually moved things that are important that you're not going to get done on that specific week to the following week. So some of those things were already on your calendar for the following week. And throughout the day, capture every thought on a piece of paper or in a capture tool. So you could carry around a book and, and write it there. I use Evernote and I can access it from my Mac uh, desktop or my phone or anywhere I have an internet connection. Um, I love that I can uh, use the voice note tool in Evernote when I'm driving, if I need to, um, which is when so many of my ideas come to mind is while I'm driving or in the shower or in all these places where I can't, I can't write something down. Uh, so I can actually hit Siri on my iPhone, say, um, hit a reminder. And through my reminder, I have another app that sends it to Evernote. Um, uh, and that's, and I know everybody right now is saying, oh, what's that app? And I can't remember that app. I will put it on the show notes, what that app is that, that I put it on my reminders and it will send it automatically to my Evernote. Um, and I have a, no a notebook for every important role in which my, uh, in which I play a, a part, you know, so in my notebook, um, in my Evernote, I have a notebook for each part of my life. Uh, and I could, once the, the note goes to Evernote, then I can sort it and organize it and put it in the right place. So it's always there. And so using your capture tool, you know, organize your daily th thoughts into to-do and not to-do lists. Uh, then at the end of each day, empty that capture tool to-do list uh, and schedule a time to complete those tasks. Keep the not 
to going to do list in the capture tool as well. So you'll you'll never need to use the precious brain power to think about those items. Uh, whenever you want to review one of those items, it'll be there waiting for you. So um, all those those things that are that are uh, bouncing around in your head that you probably will never do, but you can't forget. You can't. You don't want to forget them. Is these great ideas that someday you're going to accomplish? Get them put in a in a notebook and write them down and get them out of your head. So that's that's those are the, the four steps to getting things done. Uh, process everything, decide what to do and what not to do. And step three is schedule everything that you are going to do. Um, and step four, repeat that process every week. Do it over and over and over again. It'll become a habit uh, and your life will be better. Um, some I have a couple of rules for you and a suggestion. There are three very important rules to this process. First, do not use your to-do list to get things done. Uh, a continuous to-do list is actually the single biggest cause of your stress. It's a constant reminder of all the things that you haven't done yet. Okay, let me say that again. Your to-do list is a constant reminder of all the things that you have not yet done. So don't use your to-do list to get things done. Use your to-do list for th- to, to capture all the things that matter and then break them down and uh, prioritize them, categorize them and get them on your calendar and use your calendar to get things done. Do not use a to-do list. Second, the second rule, uh, you must commit to getting uh, done whatever you put on your schedule. So if you put on your schedule, make sure you have enough time and get it done. Um, third rule, don't overschedule. Make sure there's some buffer. Make sure there's some white space between your, your uh, calendar items. So if things take longer, you do have time to do that. Uh, give yourself enough time to get things done. If you find that you still don't have enough time to get it all done, you're going to need to make some more decisions. You'll need to to either add more uh, to the not going to do list, or you're going to delegate those items to somebody else. Uh, some of those less important items that you don't need to do, somebody else should be doing. This is something that I'm working hard on. I, I'm not there yet. You know, you heard all my roles in the beginning of this episode. Uh, many of those roles should be done by somebody else. And I'm not there yet. I'm working hard on delegation. I think delegation is probably one of the hardest things for entrepreneur architects to accomplish. Um, that is going to be a separate episode So, because um, I don't know yet on how uh, to get there. I'm working hard on getting more of what I'm doing in the hands of other people and then just manage those people. Um, and so that's going to be a separate uh, a separate episode, and I'm going to add that to my to-do list uh, and get that on the things that matter. Um, so look for that either in, in an upcoming uh, blog post or an upcoming episode uh, about delegation and how I'm going to accomplish that. So those are my four steps and some rules and a suggestion, and I have some homework for you. So listen up. Pick any two consecutive days of your typical work week, and I want you to record what you actually do each day, okay? Create a form listing 24 hours, okay? List every hour uh, on that on that piece of paper, uh, 24 hours. Start with 12 midnight on day one and list what you do. So as an example, from, from 12 midnight to 1 a.m., record podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not really, but I'm, yeah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
Um, 1 a.m. to 2 p.m. sleep. Uh, no, that's, that should be more, but that's a couple more hours. Uh, so maybe 1, 1 a.m. to f- uh, 4 p.m. Uh, or I'm sorry, 1 a.m. to 4, 1 a.m. to 4 p.m. would be nice, but that's not going to get anything done. 1 a.m. to, to 4 a.m. sleep and then, um, 4 a.m. Uh, to 5 a.m. We're going to make breakfast for James and we're going to get in the car. We're going to eat breakfast. And uh, and then from 6 a.m. to uh, 8 a.m., I'm waiting for James to finish up his training. And I'm going to check my email and do some preliminary work that I can do while I'm waiting for him. So that's sort of what, I, what I'm talking about. So list all, uh, each hour of your day, list what you're doing. Uh, and you may be surprised where you spend your time. Hmm. And you're probably not going to be very happy. Uh, and the next time you say you wish you had more time, you can pull out that list and you can find more time. So so now I ask you, how do you get it done? Is this the process that you, that you use? Because um, this process works for me and I hope it works for you. But if you have a better way of doing things, I would love to hear how you are getting your work done. Um, Please share your tips and your tools and your processes over in the comments over at the blog, entrearchitect.com slash episode 40, right there. Go over there and tell me what you're doing. Tell me how you're getting things done. So before we wrap up here and head out, I want to just say a few things about Entree Architect Academy. You may have heard through the grapevine last week that I sent out an email to those members of our community who signed up for information regarding Entrepreneur Architect Academy. I presented an opportunity to the first 20 people who joined to become members of the Founders Group. These first 20 members will provide an advisory role as I wrap up the final details at the Academy website, and I miscalculated how quickly those 20 seats would be sold out. And I'm sorry if you were one of those people who were disappointed to find out that you were too late to join. I expected that it would take several weeks to fill out those seats, but in less than 12 hours, all 20 seats were filled. And I am so grateful for such amazing support from the Entrepreneur Architect community. Um, If you missed out, don't worry. I have finally set a date for launch. September 8th, put it on your calendar. September 8th, 2014 is the official date for launch of the Entrepreneur Architect Academy. I'll be sending out information about what that is and how it's going to work. Um, And we should all be back from vacation at that point, September 8th. And here in the States, the kids will be back at school. So it's a perfect time to get serious and start talking about our firms and taking things to the next level. And I'll be announcing pre-launch pricing, uh, which is going to be discounted pricing from the standard regular price. I'm going to announce that in the next couple of weeks before the launch. So if you're interested and you're not yet signed up for notification, uh, go to entrearchitect.com slash courses and add your name to that list because pre-launch pricing is only going to be offered to the people on that list. Um, After uh, launch, it's going to be publicized and we're going to talk about what's going on with everybody and it's going to be a regular price for everybody. But if you want uh, the discounted pricing, um, get on that list and you'll be notified when when we uh, when we accept um, new members to join up. So until next week, my name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week.
I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There's a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.